the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, we don't have interpretation, so bear with me. One of the least understood principles or teachings of scripture is about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is the third personality of the Godhead, is arguably the least understood person in all of Christendom. There are so many things that people say and people come out with their own theories and their own teachings surrounding the Holy Spirit, which is not necessarily scriptural. And one of such teachings is that once you are born again, you don't need anything like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people say that once you are born again as a child of God, there is no other experience like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, is it even necessary at all that one should be baptized in the Holy Spirit? It is true that when you are born again, you receive the Holy Spirit because it is the work of the Holy Spirit that allows a sinner to be born again. The Bible says that it is God who worketh in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So it suggests to us that the Holy Spirit is the one who is responsible for people being born again. For no one can call him Lord of their own accord. It is by his working or it is by his Holy Spirit that we come to Christ and become born again. But that doesn't mean that it ends there. The born-again experience is the foundational thing that grants us access into the higher dimensions in the things of God. So it is true that when we become born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. We have a measure of the Holy Spirit that is dwelling within each and every one of us as children of God. But there is also the experience of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as in the book of Acts chapter 2. So the Holy Spirit now comes upon us or we become baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So being born again and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate things. They are two different things that the scripture talks about. Let's look at something in the book in the book of uh, Acts. In Acts chapter 19 verse 2 to 6. Acts chapter 19 verse 2 to 6. It says that, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The scripture is telling us that Paul went through the towns and got to the city of Ephesus. And he met some disciples of John the Baptist. They were about 12 people. And then he asked them, when you believed in Jesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit? It tells us that receiving the Holy Spirit is a different thing altogether that Paul was referring to. I'll jump to verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So even though these people had already believed in Christ Jesus, they didn't have the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we normally call the anointing had not come upon them. Hallelujah. 
So they were born again, but they needed another experience. This is what the scripture teaches. So being born again is the beginning for us to experience greater dimensions in the things of God. When we go to Acts chapter 8 again, Acts chapter 8, verse 5 to 6, the Bible talks about Philip. When they came, the great persecution to the church. And the Bible says that all the disciples have scattered, they've, they've scattered all across the regions. And one gentleman called Philip, also referred to as Philip the Evangelist, went to a city called Samaria. And over there, he preached Christ unto them. He preached Christ unto them. And the Bible says that after he preached Christ unto them, they believed. And then they paid heed to, or they paid attention to what he said. So they believed. But they were not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 12 says that, But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Before water baptism would take place, a person has to believe in Jesus. These people in Samaria believed in Christ Jesus as their savior and they were even baptized with water. That is one experience. But when you go to verse 15, the Bible says that when they had come down, that is after the people were born again and then they received water baptism, Peter and John came down to Samaria to come and do Holy Spirit baptism for them. And the Bible says that when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, the Holy Spirit has not fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So the people were already born again, but they needed a baptism of the Holy Spirit. As believers or as children of God, it is not enough for us to be born again. Being born again is just the foundational level that Christ deals with us. There is also the necessity for us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why is it necessary that we should receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus Christ spoke about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it means that the thing is necessary for us. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 1 verse 5, Acts chapter 1 verse 5 and 8, Jesus Christ was speaking. Therefore, truly John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8 says that, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world or the end of the earth. So he was saying that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The first dimension of experience of the, with the Holy Spirit or encounter with the Holy Spirit is that he, he comes into our hearts and helps us to become born again. Helps us to believe the word of God. Helps us to activate the, the saving faith of, of Christ so that we are able to receive Christ Jesus. But here he's saying that there is also another experience of the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. Hallelujah. So if you believe that being born again is the end of the experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are believing wrong. You are not believing right. Hallelujah. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a distinct experience. It is a different thing altogether from salvation. Salvation is necessary for baptism. But baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the same as being born again. That is the point I want to establish. And Jesus Christ spoke expressly about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you another example of the separate nature of 
salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 20, verse 20, all the way to 23, when Jesus Christ has resurrected, he came to his disciples and spoke to them, saying, He said, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, so sent I you. And the Bible says that he breathed upon them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So after Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, upon meeting with his disciples, he breathed upon them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. And now theologians and Bible scholars believe that this is the time that the the believers or the disciples became born again. So when Christ breathed upon them, they became born again. But in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, after the people were born again, Jesus Christ was telling them again, that you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It, it presupposes that these things are two separate, there are two separate experiences. It is my prayer that we will all desire to experience the Holy Spirit in a different dimension. What actually happened on the day of Pentecost was that Bible says that the Holy Spirit came down. The Holy Spirit is the third personality of the Godhead. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. We are not here to explain why the Holy Spirit is God, but I believe that we know that the Holy Spirit is God. Are, are we together? So on the day of Pentecost, the fullness of God, God himself came down to baptize us. Isn't that wonderful? God didn't sit in heaven and send us a force. As some people refer to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not a force. So God didn't just send us a force. He actually came down in the fullness of his power and the fullness of his glory to make power available to the believer. The life of the believer is a life of the supernatural. We can't walk around as mere human beings. Christ Jesus didn't leave us orphans. He gave us the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we will be endued with power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. So the primary essence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that we sons of God will be endued with power. Ask your neighbor, are you endued with power? But the thing is that most of us, even though we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we've not realized or we've not come to the full realization of the power that is made available to us. Jesus Christ said that the works that I do, shall you do also. John 14, 12. But greater works than this. So the same power that was available for Christ Jesus in his ministry is the same power that is available to the believer by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The works that I do shall you do also. By which power did Christ Jesus do the works that he did? He did the works that he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if he's also telling us that we too will do the same works, it tells us that the same power has been released to us. But most of the time, you don't understand the full import of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For many people, we've reduced it to speaking in tongues. We think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just for us to speak in tongues and feel good. And have goosebumps on our body. But that is not the full import of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to receive power from on high. Power. Receive an anointing for service. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts 10.38 How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. For God was with him. 
But before Jesus Christ went out working miracles and doing the works that he did, the Bible says that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. The word anointed there also means that God baptized him with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the same power that is available for Christ Jesus when he walked the surface of the earth, working miracles, healing the sick, and and curing all manner of diseases, raising the dead, the same power is available to us believers. And the Bible says that when he was being baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. The Holy Spirit who descended upon Christ Jesus during his baptism is the same Holy Spirit that descends upon us during the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we think that it is a different thing altogether. And because of that, we are not able to reap the full benefits. But after Jesus Christ was baptized that day, he began to work miracles. He did mighty things. The same Holy Spirit. We have reduced our impact or our impartation of the Holy Spirit to just speaking in tongues instead of working the works of the Father. And that is why in this month of the anointing, the month has not yet ended. If you position yourself well, you will receive a greater impartation of the anointing. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19. Luke 4, 18 and 19. Jesus Christ said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Put your hand upon your head and say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Once you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And that was what Jesus Christ was saying. He said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. God has anointed Jesus Christ. How did Jesus Christ become anointed? He said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. It's upon him. How do you become anointed as a child of God? By the coming or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So every child of God who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit is anointed. You are anointed to do the works that Jesus Christ did. And it doesn't just end there. John 14, 12. He says that greater works than these shall you do also. Because I go to the Father. We are representatives of God or we are representatives of Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is no longer here in the bodily form. That is what he was communicating in John chapter 14. He was saying that I am going to the Father. I will no longer be with you in the bodily form. But as long as you are here as a child of God in the bodily form, you are supposed to be a representative of the Father. Hallelujah. So Christ Jesus is no longer here. Why is the the church called the body of Christ? Because the bodily form is gone. Christ Jesus has ascended on high. But he left sons and daughters here who are carrying the body or the flesh. So we are called the body of Christ. And as Christ Jesus was anointed, let's continue that scripture. It says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Somebody, you are going to preach the gospel to the poor. The anointing that comes upon us is so that we can preach the gospel to the poor. He continues to say that he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed of the devil and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. These things you cannot do without the power of God. These things that Christ Jesus did, you can't go about healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons if you are not baptized with the Holy Spirit or if you don't carry the power of God. We know the story of the sons of Sceva. 
they went around one time they met a demon possessed man and because they themselves didn't have any experience with the Holy Spirit they met the demon possessed man they said we cast you out in the name of the God who Paul preaches they were casting out a demon in the name of the God who Paul preaches the demon said Paul I know Peter I know Jesus I know all of the apostles I know but you who are you because these people were not carrying the power of God. They were not carrying the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were not born again for that matter. So you can't go about doing all these things that Christ Jesus did if you are not anointed. How does the anointing come by the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. So we see that not only did Jesus Christ talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you had just talked about it, maybe it could have been something that he just said out of excitement. But he also experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Alright? How many of us want to experience whatever Jesus Christ experienced? If you want to experience it, then one of the things that you have to yearn for is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because he didn't just talk about it. When he was also being baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus Christ was also endued with power for his service. You cannot bring liberation to people or you can't work the mighty works that Christ worked if you are not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to God's supernatural power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit opens us up and grants us access into the manifestation of God's supernatural power. The Bible talks about how Peter denied Jesus Christ three times. But after the Holy Spirit came upon Peter in Acts chapter 2, this same guy who was initially very timid and afraid said that he denied Jesus Christ was clothed with power suddenly. His spirit was open to supernatural grace and supernatural power. For many of the things that we'll be doing in our businesses, in our family, raising our children and making sure that our business progresses to a different level, it will be dependent on God's supernatural power. The people of the world don't operate merely. I remember one time, I came out in the night, not even around 3, 4, thereabouts, AM, walking on the streets, going to my mom's place. And then, I saw somebody standing in the middle of the road reciting certain things and then calling. I, I want to suspect that she was calling customers. So she would call from here, she would call from here, call from here, call from here. And the sons and daughters of God, we were sleeping. Some of us were baptized with the Holy Spirit and we are not using it, we are not using the experience to our advantage. We are not making tremendous power available. And then we folded our arms and we put it in between our laps and we are expecting God to move. God is also expecting you to move and to take action by the supernatural power that he has vested in you, vested upon you. Hallelujah. You carry power. And this power manifests itself in several ways. For instance, in prayer. Romans 8 26 to 28 says that Romans 8 26 to 28 says that when we do not know how we should pray, God Himself makes intercession on our behalf with groanings in the spirit that cannot be uttered. 
So it tells us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit that brings us power also grants us the grace to pray. One dimension of the power is in prayer. So when you lift your voice and you begin to speak in tongues, the Bible says that you are speaking mysteries. And Bishop says that when you are speaking in tongues, the devil cannot decode your message. Because the devil doesn't understand tongues. So the devil is not able to intercept what you are saying. Hallelujah. The baptism of the Holy Spirit grants us power through prayer. Then again, Mark chapter 16 Verse 17 and 18. Mark 16, 17 and 18. The Bible says that this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall heal the sick, they shall cast out demons, they shall speak in unknown tongues, and all of those things. All those things that are mentioned in Mark 16, 17 and 18 are a result of the supernatural power. The supernatural power doesn't come as a function of you being handsome. The supernatural power of God doesn't come because you look nice or you dress well. The supernatural power of God comes because you are endued with power from on high. Because the Holy Spirit has descended upon you. Because you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't look nice or you shouldn't dress nicely. It is important that we do all diligence. But the power that is available for the believer to be able to cast out demons... And also to preach the gospel and do miracle signs and wonders is coming by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you see that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very important. It is a very important thing. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is something that you should seek, you should desire, you should yearn for. Because it carries tremendous power. Then again in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible talks about... The gift of the spirit. This is also another dimension of the supernatural power of God. So the power of God is, is demonstrated in prayer. is demonstrated by healing the sick, casting out demons. And another manifestation of the supernatural power of God is by the workings of the spirit through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are also granted supernatural access into the gift of the Holy Spirit and then the manifestations thereof will come alive for all to see. It is my prayer that somebody's giftings will come alive in the name of Jesus. By the unction of Bishop Sebastian Amenya, I pray that our giftings will come alive in the name of Jesus. We cannot just receive the Holy Spirit and walk about as natural beings. Christianity is a supernatural walk. And that is why when Christ Jesus was living, he granted his body, his power and authority so that we can continue the supernatural work. Many people fail in their Christian work because initially they were in the world. They were in the natural. They came to Christ Jesus and became born again. And they are still working in the natural. Instead of tapping into the unlimited power that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be able to walk like a supernatural being. When you look through the Bible, the Acts of the Apostles, you realize that their lifestyle was the lifestyle of the supernatural. 
all that they were doing was supernatural. They were demonstrating the power of God. They became a group of people that were revered and feared. Not because they were learned people. Because the majority of them were not learned people. Peter was a fisherman. Levi or Matthew was a toll collector at the toll gates. Most of them were not learned people. But because of the power that came upon them, they became people that were feared and people that were revered. Hallelujah. So we are not a group of helpless people. We are not a group of helpless people. We are power. Christ Jesus didn't abandon us. He said, it is expedient for me to leave. That is why he told his disciples. He said it was necessary for him to go. Why? Because in the bodily form, Christ Jesus was able to be at a place at a particular time. But the coming of the Holy Spirit makes it possible that every one of us has the same spirit. So God is able to duplicate himself or multiply himself through human beings all over the world. That is a wonderful fact. Hallelujah. And the spirit that dwells in you is not lesser than the spirit in another person. He didn't divide himself. Christ Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, didn't divide himself. If he divided himself, then we have to combine all the spirit in everybody to be able to get one whole thing. But he gave us the fullness. Everybody is filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Everybody is filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why are we walking as though we are people who are not carrying power? We have to awaken to the fact that we have not been left helpless. We cannot continue turning to witchcraft and believing in witchcraft power. A lot of people believe in witchcraft power than in the power of God. A lot of people believe in palm readers. When somebody reads their palm and tells them that because of the lines here, I see that you are going to be prosperous or the danger is coming closer to you. They believe it. And when they read the word of God, and the word of God tells them that precious one, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. When they read that one, it doesn't move them, but they believe in the works of the evil one. Why? Because we have not come to realize that we carry power greater than the power of the of, of the witchcraft and all of that. Greater is he that dwells in you than he that lives in the world. This thing must become an experiential thing that we experience on a daily basis rather than just a scripture we quote to feel nice about ourselves. It must come to a place where we experience the greater power of God and we are able to say for a fact and share testimonies that indicate that indeed the greater one is in us than those out there. Hallelujah. It is my prayer that we all come to that realization. In Jesus' name. Some people have asked, is there baptism for me? I don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They say, they say that, oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for pastors. Because they pray for the sick. So let pastors be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Some people say, oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, eh, it's not for me. And they give all forms of excuses to escape the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because they've not realized the relevance of the baptism. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise to every believer. Once you are born again, you qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the birthright of every believer. So, once you come into Christ, the Bible says that 
For as many as have as believed in him, to them gave him power to become sons of God. Once you come to Christ and become a son of God, the next thing you should be asking for is God giving your Holy Spirit. Because that is your birthright. It belongs to you. It is a gift that Christ has given to us. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. John 7, 37. John 7, 37, 38 and 39. John 7, 38, 37 and 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus Christ stood and cried out saying, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. So, the previous verses that Jesus Christ was saying that if you believe in me, uh, come, come to me and drink and out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters. The Bible is saying that he was referring to the Holy Spirit. And what was the condition for drinking? He says that he that believes should come and drink out of your belly. Once you become a child of God, you qualify for the Holy Spirit. Because we, we, we need the Holy Spirit to live empowered lives. To live empowered lives. Hallelujah. Other than that, we will not be represent, representatives of Christ in a proper way. So how can I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How can I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? First, you have to know that you have to be born again. The Holy Spirit is not a promise or it's not a gift for unbelievers. Because they cannot comprehend or understand the things of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in the life of the believer. We've established that already. How? How can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Luke 11, 11 to 13. Luke 11, 11 to 13. Luke 11, 11 to 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent instead of fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus Christ is saying, you know, some people actually believe that, or some people actually shun or run away from the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they think that they might receive a, an evil spirit. When, when you pray for them, it's possible that instead of the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in them, a demon spirit would rather come and possess them. And Jesus Christ was saying that even you, we humans, which of us will give stone to the sun in place of bread? He was saying that if you ask him of the Holy Spirit, he will give you the genuine Holy Spirit. You are not going to be receiving any deposit of evil spirits during the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are we together? Yeah. Are, we, are we clearing some misconceptions? So he was saying that you will receive. But you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift that Christ Jesus is giving to us or that God gives to us. And we have to receive him as a gift. If somebody is giving you a gift and you don't receive it, the gift is not yours. As long as the gift remains in the hand of the giver, it is not your portion. Hallelujah. But once the gift passes from the hand of the giver to the hand of the recipient, 
it becomes your portion. So you have to understand this and get to know that much of the baptism of the Holy Spirit depends on you receiving. Amen. God will not force, or the Holy Spirit will not force himself on you. But you must receive by faith. You must receive. And faith comes through hearing and understanding the scriptures. That is why it's necessary that we explain some of these things. Amen. So, accept first, be born again, to accept the Holy Spirit as God's gift. Three, praise God for your gifts. Praise God for your gifts. Whatever we ask of him, he gives to us. He says that, how much more will I give unto you the Holy Spirit as you ask of me? So, we are sure that Christ Jesus will give us the Holy Spirit. So, we are not now begging him to give us the Holy Spirit. The truth is that God desires to give us the Holy Spirit that we can ever desire for ourselves. He desires to give him to us. The disciples didn't ask for the Holy Spirit. Christ Jesus himself of his own accord said that I go to the Father and I will send you the promise of the, of the Holy Spirit. He said that he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. He was the one who initiated the conversation. He was the one who initiated the process. So he desires to give us the Holy Spirit beyond what we can ever desire. So instead of begging and begging and please give me the Holy Spirit, God, please give God is, you, you are not begging for the thing. The thing has already been given to you. So now you come and praise him. You thank him for the gifts. You thank him for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then one other thing you have to know is that the power of the Holy Spirit is within you. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, much of the experience is within you. A lot of people are expecting that when they lift their hands or when they close their eyes and hands are laid upon them, a certain mighty force will hit them from without or from outside so that they will fall to the ground. Then they will know that indeed they have received the Holy Spirit. Some people too want to feel some goosebumps over their body before they know that they have received the Holy Spirit. They, they want to cry. So even in a service, when Bishop is declaring things and somebody falls and says, hey, media, when will I fall? God, when will I fall? The anointing is not touching my life. They want to experience some form of external something before they know that the Holy Spirit is descended upon them. That is not always the case. There may be times that the, the, the supernatural power of God will hit you in a certain way and there are times that God will speak to you in a still small voice. So if you are depending on emotions to know or to verify whether you've really received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you may be deceived. Amen. Amen. Out of your belly is within you. Out of your belly shall flow. John 7, 38. Then the last thing you have to know is that in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that they speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit give, gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the utterance in your inner man. The Holy Spirit is not going to be speaking to you externally. Majority of the time, you will speak to your inner man the utterances so that the sentences will come small. I remember when I was being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was right here some years ago. And I received the Holy Spirit and I was speaking. It was only two words I was speaking those days. I didn't experience any mighty rushing wind. There was no earthquake. There was nothing. And I received the baptism. 
I thank God for it. By the grace of God, now I don't I don't even remember the two words that I was speaking those times. Now you've grown. So you will have to open your mouth and speak the utterances that God will deposit into your spirit. So if you are ministering the baptism of the Holy Spirit to somebody, one of the things you have to let the person understand is that they will have to speak. The Holy Spirit will not force your mouth to speak. As to fall. And they speak in holy in the in, in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So they were the ones speaking. The utterance was from the Holy Spirit. They didn't have to manufacture the utterance. The utterances came into their inner man. Out of your belly shall flow. And they allowed the waters of the Holy Spirit within them through the utterance to flow. And that was what the, the people who were gathered on the day of Pentecost begin to hear. They began to hear them speak in unknown tongues. Because they allowed the utterances or the waters of the Holy Spirit that was shut within them to begin to flow. And the water was flowing massively. And people were saying that they were drunk. But they were not drunk. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. It is my prayer that in this month, we will continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we will see the tangible manifestations of the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Beloved, the experience of the Holy Spirit or the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a definite experience that every child of God must have. It is a definite experience that every child of God must have so that we can be able to become carriers of power and so that we can become relevant in our world today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the disciples became relevant in their time. They became relevant in their season. Ordinary fishermen became relevant people. They became relevant people. And it is my prayer that you accept this reality that the Holy Spirit has been released by Jesus or by God for our own good. So instead of running away from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let's rather embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit and receive the impartation of the Holy Spirit. For greater works shall we do. The world has not seen anything yet. The manifestations of the sons of God that is going to be coming is going to be mighty. Greater works. Greater works. And for me, I want to be part of those who be doing greater works. I don't know about you, but it is my prayer that this yearning will also be in your heart. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, tonight for speaking to us, speaking to our hearts. We pray that this words will continually be in our hearts, will continually spring forth and become fertile and fruitful in our lives in the name of Jesus. We commit tonight the rest of the day into your hand. We pray that our going back home will be a safe one, that you be with us to protect us and deliver us from every orchestration of the devil. In this season of the anointing, we pray, Lord.